Everybody, welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. This is Trent. Call me in. Call me in. And I'm Darren. And we are a foursome once again. Welcome back, everybody. Yay. This feels right. Yay. Everybody loves a foursome. That's right. So <laughs> I listened to last week's episode. I was at a bachelor party. I was away for the weekend. Mm-hmm. We missed. I listened. You. I we appreciate did. that. I miss you guys you. too. So I listened to the episode. I listened to the three of you, and I thought, God. This is brutal. I got to get back immediately. <laughs> Honesty is important. Here. So I uh, canceled my plans this weekend of laying in bed and doing not a goddamn thing in my underwear, playing Nintendo Switch. But you're here in your underwear, so it's well, really- yeah. But I'm not in my bed in my oh, okay. underwear. So I decided, you guys, I was, Nintendo. If, you, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. I decided uh, for the greater good, I'd come back tonight with you guys. We appreciate it. Yes, we love having we you. We missed your witty torrentisms. We have uh, a full yeah, table once that. again. <laughs> so I will say, you welcomed me back with some cucumber <laughs> cider boys breeze. Yeah. I've never even heard. Of, I've never known this was a thing. I'm a cider boys fan, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I I didn't I I don't know what breeze means. This is this is cucumber mint. Well, we're in mm. my uh, we're in my stuffy garage recording this one, uh, so I figured we could use a little breeze. Thought it might cool you down a little bit. Nothing cools you down like cider, boys. Sponsor. <laughs> but Wells, <laughs> then our other sponsor. Wells has already given up on <laughs> old, old Smokey. Never. No, he. Yeah. No, we, this. We, like, I took two drinks of this, and I was like, "This is not what I call a pleasant experience." Mm-hmm. How many it's, drinks are you in now? At least seventeen. It's um, it's grown on me. I don't really taste the mint like a fungus. Like, so is that the key to me enjoying this truly seltzer? I just need to keep taking, keep drinking it until you don't give a damn. Hey, is it worth trying? There's one more in there, and I'm just thirsty enough to to try it. This, yeah, unless you you want want the other one. Yeah, I'll take one. You want you want to do one? I'm gonna do one. Uh. No, it's better. <laughs> maybe I'll drink one of those shitty Trulies you have in there. Truly, if you're listening, you need to step your game up because as I'm drinking your Truly fruit punch, I'm getting all punch and no fruit. Step your game up. I don't, I'm gonna guess that's a bad thing. It's not a good thing. So I don't want to bitch punch of flavor <laughs> without the it fruit. Is, isn't without it? the fruit, I don't know because like if you have a bowl of punch, but it'd be fruit tasting. Yeah. Are there other punches besides fruit? That's what fruit? I'm thinking. There's got to be other punches, right? But he just separated the two fruit and punch. Well, now, but I'm really thinking, like, are those two separate things? Fruit and punch? Or is it just fruit punch? Is there other, is there berry punch? I don't think so. It doesn't roll Berries off the Berries of fruit, though. <laughs> True. Can't they? I don't know. Maybe, maybe somebody's <laughs> made like a veggie punch. punch. Vegetable, vegetable punch. Vegetable punch. Out of V8 juice and alcohol. That's a punch, isn't it? Technically. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess. You guys want to try it? I don't. You say, <laughs> what, what kind of V8 juice and some kind of alcohol? Hey, you know what That's I That's a stopped, thing, though. Isn't that called like a Bloody, Bloody Mary? Mary? Yeah. Um, you know what should. I stopped drinking? Like, Why? not alcohol. I, I, pop. I still drink alcohol. Oh, yeah. You stopped drinking your polar pop. Soda. Yeah. yeah. yeah All together. 
Why'd you do? That? I'm sorry. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I started, started, why'd I you do off, that? Because he started having some health problems. And then I had like two days of I had to take literally off of school, off of work. He had neon green urine. It was crazy. Damn. I was I getting headaches so moon. bad I couldn't see. <laughs> well, you make me want to stop drinking Mountain Dew now. Yeah. You were drinking Mountain Dew every day? Diet. Oh, it's even, it's excuse me. Easy. easy. No, I'm saying yeah. it was he diet. Wouldn't go that's that even far. Worse. Is that worse? I don't drink it every day, though. Like it's got aspartame in it. It's oh. supposed to be really bad for your kidneys and everything. Well, shit. Yeah. Just took a turn. I man. started. I started getting because I've been drinking that stuff for like probably ten years at least, fifteen, twenty. I don't yeah. know. Whenever Diet Mountain Dew came out, because I never drank pop when I was young. I was always like a Kool Aid tea guy. Hmm. Right. Kool-Aid. Now, what flavor? Like fruit punch? <laughs> that is a discussion right I, there. I like fruit punch. I like uh, grape Kool-Aid. I'm trying to remember my bad. You yeah. like grape Kool-Aid? I, I love grape Kool-Aid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you do. Of course I had he some does. grape Gatorade on the way up here. <laughs> how about grape, that? Grape berry? Kool-Aid's awesome. Yeah. How about that berry lemonade Kool-Aid, though? I haven't had Kool-Aid in so long, I forgot what kind of Kool-Aid I like. Yeah, because as you get older, it's not that great. It's just sugar water with a little bit it's of really what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be really cold now to even taste pleasurable. Or remember, yeah. like, they had the kind that was already in the container, and you didn't have to add sugar. You just put it in the lid, and you dump it in, put oh, water yeah. in. But then you just keep dumping more in the lid and just <laughs> putting yeah. it in because that's not strong enough, right? Need more flavor. How's a Kool-Aid squeeze-it guy? You remember the little plastic bottles? You oh, actually yeah. squeeze it? Yeah. yeah. And you had to slurp was, a little bit out of the cap. That was the stuff right there. Okay, I was I was Kool-Aid I was jammers. poor, so oh, whatever. <laughs> I had the little I had the little fruit barrels. You remember those? Yeah, oh, yeah. the yeah, little foil the top because I was because yeah. I was poor. Feel that off. Oh man, those were Dude, those are great. Those were a treat. Yeah. That's that's like saying like you couldn't afford those Kool Aid squeezing things. <laughs> yeah, because those are like thirty eight cents a barrel <laughs> for those things. Okay. But like, like the the uh, popsicles that you buy for like four dollars for a pack of seven hundred. Yeah, like flavorized. Yeah, yeah and then you just freeze them and then you cut the cut the top off. And I'm a big fudgical man myself. Some would fudgical. say the struggle back in the day was uh, drinking juicy juice Watch out right of by it. <laughs> it didn't phase him. Didn't get it. What? What did I get? He's a big fudgical man himself. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> We're going back to that. I'm just a fudge sickle to you. <laughs> I feel used. You're dude. far more than that. <laughs> I feel like I've been gone for too long. Uh, how does this work? Do we take these shots now? Uh, let's get yeah. Let's get to the shots. Uh, usually you segue into the shot, but you're dropping the ball this time. Yeah. Well, it's my fault. I'm the one that kind of cut. Well, we already mentioned it earlier, so we'll just go back to everybody. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, oh smoky. smoky! You were counting down. I thought you were talking about like opening them. I was like, we got to fucking open them together. What? What? Oh yeah. We changed the rules when you were gone. I feel like I haven't been here for a very long time. Welcome back, man. It's been a while. Thanks, guys. Down the bottom. Cheers to the return of our full table. Return of the Mac. <laughs> That's right. Return of the Mac. Yes, I am. <laughs> we missed his singing. That's what it was. It wasn't as musical without him. That one was uh, extra milky. I don't, know if that was good, I don't know if it's a good thing. We love you, buddy. We're glad you're back. Get we only you didn't say your singing was good. You just said we love you, buddy. <laughs> we only have eyes for you. I want eyes. You, I want you. To wait a minute. Sorry. Speaking <laughs> of, what are we talking about this week, guys? Oh, I thought we were just here to hang out in your garage. Oh, we can do that too. I'm trying to ride that bike. Like a bunch of feral cannibals, we are. We're talking. 
The hills have eyes. Oh, I, was I only fuck you when it's out of spite. <laughs> oh, we're not talking I about the song of the I he was talking to you specifically. He <laughs> <laughs> looked you right in your soul. <laughs> Right in my eyes. I thought we were here to talk about the song by the weekend, The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> it's a wonderful song about fucking really people like on the out of spite. I really like you just caught me off guard. I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were having a private conversation in public. because I commented <laughs> on his fudgical. I was try- going. trying to look into his soul, but he wasn't having it. I know better than to look directly in your oh eyes longer God. than like two seconds. <laughs> oh, shit. Am I drunk already? Maybe. It's possible. I don't remember the last time I drank. But anyway, we're talking about the classic... 70s horror film The Hills Have Eyes by legendary director Wes Craven. Oh fuck. I I thought you were talking about the new one for some reason. Well, we're going to talk about the new one too. Good. So, yeah, but yeah, this they're beat for beat pretty much the same movie, yeah. But we'll talk about them both. But yeah, Wes Craven, I think this is like our third Wes Craven movie we've done on this podcast, so yeah. He is a master of horror. Yep. And this was his second film. What was his first one? Anybody? Anybody? Last house on the left. I know you know means. Why, you <laughs> Why not anybody? <laughs> was that 76? This was 77? This was 77, yeah. I'm wanting to say 72. I don't know. Where's our fact checker? Dang, you guys back there? Fact checker. That's you. You're the fact checker. I'm co-host this week. I've got my information here. I can't I'll fact check it. I've got my handy little laptop right here. Well, there you oh, go. I was already pulling it up. Oh, Ian's on it. Is that what you're pulling up, Ian? Pulling it. I'm not pulling anything out. I'm pulling mm-hmm. it up. Excuse me while I whip this out. It was 70, 72. So Wes Craven based this on a couple different stories and personal experiences. And I'm going to talk about, I think, the main one. And then Means has a little bit he's going to add to. Uh, but the first one was actually based on the legend of Sonny Bean. Sonny Bean. No, not Shawnee Bean, the <laughs> British actor who dies in everything he's in. Shawnee Bean. <laughs> you call him Shawnee ever? You guys don't call him Shawnee? You know, no, Shawnee. Uh, Shawnee Bean. Mike from now on, though. Hey, Shawnee. <laughs> You've changed our lives. It sounds tonight. like you're trying to, you sound like T. Panavar. Shawnee. <laughs> Shawnee. Shawnee. Now this is Sonny Bean, S-A-W-N-E-Y. I guess that's how you say it. Unless there's some Scottish dialect Spell, there that I'm not again. Sonny Bean. Sonny Bean. S what? We'll go with it. S-A-W-N-E-Y. Just like it. Uh, Sonny. Just like it sounds, pretty much. So yeah, this was a 16th century Scottish folk legend that Wes Craven saw an article about in the New York Library when he was doing research before this movie. So. We'll get into it. We'll dissect it. We'll uh, talk about it. And yeah. So uh, let's see here. While the stories of the Sonny Bean clan are believed to have occurred in the 1600s, the first accounts came from an 18th century London tabloid called the Newgate Calendar. Because this tabloid was a couple hundred years after the life of Sonny Bean, it's considered to be greatly exaggerated and embellished over time, like most folk legends. But, that, but as it was, it states that. Alexander Sonny Bean was born in East Lothian, Scotland. He was raised by his father, who was a ditch digger and a hedge trimmer. Bean, no, I know what you're thinking. Trim those hedges. He, uh, 
Sonny was uh, meant to follow in the family line what of work. What a profession. But, <laughs> Ditch digger and hedge digger. It ain't much, but it's honest work. It's honest. Like, what kind of hedges did they have in the 1500s? They didn't landscape back then, except maybe kings and queens. Sonny. <laughs> Ditches they go dig them. <laughs> did he just did he just like trim the hedges for the aristocracy? I don't know. Excuse me. There it is. Sonny <laughs> Bean. Do you think he ever got confused and started like digging up Sonny hedges? <laughs> I don't know. He was a ditch digger and a hedge trimmer. It was honest work. And a bean flicker. A bean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god. Off the rails. <laughs> Oh my God! Sonny Bean was originally meant to follow Sorry. in this honest line of work, but he quickly realized it was not for him. Oh my God! Stop! Oh my God. With, <laughs> stop with the hand gestures over there. You wicked, wicked, wicked man! <laughs> you wicked man! Trim the hedges, flip the beans. Sonny dug those ditches. <laughs> Speaking of trimming hedges, Sonny soon got involved with a local woman. Oh. Named Black Agnes Douglas. Whatever. Wait. That was not her name. Black Agnes Douglas, an oh accused witch. She was a Does witch. Does he call me Black Ian Joseph when I'm not here? <laughs> yeah. Calls you that when you are here. I don't know if this woman was black. I'm assuming she was not. Black Agnes? Wow. It's like, like Agnes magic. is bad enough. It's like Black uh, Philip, the goat. <laughs> the goat from the witch. He was black, though, I guess. So that's a little different. But. I feel like her first name was probably not black. I'm gonna well, go I don't think it was on a birth certificate. <laughs> That's old black Aww, ass there. Black, not black ass, black Agnes. <laughs> she comes out, they smack her ass. Oh, black Agnes. <laughs> black. Well, she was an accused witch, so they probably all thought she was into like black magic and yeah. dark arts. You know, they so. were this close to calling her white Agnes. <laughs> so it's Agnes the Black. Could be. Now that'd be too badass. Hmm. Why are all witches named Agnes? That just seems like a weird... That's just on the white nose. Black. <laughs> black Agnes. Uh, let's see, where was I? An accused witch who shared many dark inclinations with Bean, namely cannibalism. They both left home and went off together to live a life in the wilderness and began living in a large cave near the Galloway coast away from normal Well, if your name society. is Black Agnes, you've got to live in a dark cave, yes. right? It says there that she shared these inclinations. What before his hedge trimming and ditch digging showed that he was a cannibal? Because it's alluding he's already a cannibal. I guess he just... What? What do you do on your first Shares, day? What are you yeah. guys doing? Yeah. Oh, we're just getting to know each other. So he's digging ditches, and when they're putting the bodies in, he's just digging them up. So <laughs> there wasn't a ton of... Digging ditches and burning through the witches. <laughs> there wasn't a ton of detail on that, but the basic gist I got was that he just kind of always had this weird urge to eat flesh. But that's what I'm saying. Does he How does he? How do does he get involved he with people? Agnes? Yeah, I don't know on that. Were maybe. they at their local, like... Uh, their local mead draft house, and they were like, you gonna finish that? Somebody's over there gnawing on a foot. <laughs> you got a healthy I'll appetite, have what she's young having. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's a weird like little tidbit. I mean, if you're gonna get uh, if you're gonna get mixed up with a witch, you got to have some icebreakers. Like, yeah, oh, what are you into? Cannibalism? Uh... Oh my god! Actually, yes, me too. Me too. Voodoo, mm. dark magic, human yes. sacrifice. <laughs> yes. All the above. Well, it must have been a match made in heaven because they ran away oh, together. Hell, I was going to say heaven. <laughs> <laughs> they live in this cave together. They lived there for over 25 years. Why the cave? Hold on a second. Did you say they lived in a fucking cave for over Where 25 years? Where else is a witch supposed to live? 
Maybe they the didn't. They, Have you never heard the Sonny Bean story? Apparently not. Okay, this is a good story. They just wanted to get away from society and live in the wilderness, and they found this kind of hidden cave on the coast near the English Channel, and that's where they decided to call their home. They spawned many children and grandchildren in this home, this cave. Wow. And you're going to like this part. Can you part. expand spawned. a cave? Spawned. You're going to like mm-hmm. this part. Hell spawned. While it's no doubt impossible to know the exact number, one source I found said they produced six daughters and eight sons, 14 granddaughters and 18 grandsons. And of course, being away from society like they were, you can imagine the family grew from within. Yeah. With all the grandchildren being products <laughs> of incest. It was one limb. What happens in the cave? Oh my God. What happens in the cave stays in the cave. I just thought of that segment on SNL, The Cage. I got you in the cage. <laughs> So when I heard this story, I heard that they went to the cave to get away from the king of Scotland. Probably. I don't know if that was true. I don't know why else you'd go into a cave. Yeah. I mean, I took it as they just wanted to get away from all society, but yeah, yeah. I mean, specifically the king, probably. And they were also like marauders at that point, right? You say otters? Marauders, yeah, we're oh. about to get into that okay. because they were uh, otters. since I they said they were more otters, <laughs> they were like, more that's otters. <laughs> so since they lived they in this cave uh, away from society, they would actually prey upon travelers unfortunate enough to cross into their hunting grounds. Whether it be lost individuals or small groups, the beans would lay ambush to them at night to rob and murder them. They would then bring the bodies back to their cave where they were dismembered and eaten. There's your cannibalism. They would pickle the leftovers that they didn't eat in barrels and other unused body parts they would discard. Oh, God. (laughs) Let's see. They would discard by throwing into the sea, which would sometimes wash up on nearby beaches. For years, they did this, which is how they got by. Uh. It's alleged that the Bean family murdered and ate upwards of 1,000 victims over the years. 1,000. How could they have known that? People disappear and they're just blaming it on must be the must be the they had beans. To, they had to do something with the bones there, so maybe that's how. Well, now, wasn't the cave near a cliff? Does it say that? It's right on the coastline. Okay. Yeah, so I imagine there's probably a cliff. It's like an eighty foot cliff. Just toss the bones off the cliff. Probably. That's how what you I would get do. To the cave. Uh, while the disappearances did not go unnoticed, the Bean family was careful in their approach. They stayed in the cave by day, only attacked at night. And because they were consuming these victims, there wasn't much evidence of anything to be found. The discarded body parts that would wash up or be found by people were usually credited to wild animal attacks. Can we just note here? How many kids did you say? Six girls, uh, eight boys? Like yep. Children, there was six daughters, eight sons. Grandchildren, there was about, looks like 30 plus total. Oh my God. Okay. Jeez. 32. So, a lot of mouths. All together. So here, almost 50 but, but not, people in this little but hold inbred on a family. Yeah. Here's, but here's what I'm getting at. That many people, like that many births, right? In a cave. Mm-hmm. No medicine, no <laughs> doctor to deliver them, no utensils to cut the umbilical cord. They just ate the umbilical cord probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cone heads. <laughs> so... The afterbirth was the condom. You guys understand like what I'm getting at, right? Like that's a <laughs> lot of face right now. <laughs> that's a lot of birthing in this cave. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like you got to think like how many more did they have that didn't survive? Oh, I'm sure. They and had the fact some. that they had that many that lived from giving birth, and again, I'll say in a fucking cave. 
with no doctors, no nothing, right? Mm-hmm. What year right. is this? We're talking the 1600s. Okay. It's miraculous to me that they've had that they successfully had that. That many. they that they grew that much. That's true. Well, yeah. Maybe they're onto something. <laughs> they pickled no, balls. No, they're not. That's gross. They're like the Habsburgs, the richest inbred family ever. <laughs> the who? The Habsburgs. Habsburgs. Look them up. They all had like messed up. Uh, the one son's jaw and tongue was so large that he could not close his mouth. Mm. He couldn't hardly walk till he was about seven or eight years old. Fuck, yeah. Dang. Very inbred. Hmm. But they were royalty, so. And he wasn't, did. Born, he wasn't born in a cave? He was not. He was born in a palace. God. The the Habsburg chin. It's a prominent chin. The Habsburg chin. Yeah, look at all that shit up. I'm not making it up. I'm Olivia. I'm just saying, like, it still blows my mind that that many <laughs> childbirths took place in a cave. So how do they know hillside. that all these kids were being born if this is a legend? We'll get to that. All right, let's do it. So I said they, a lot of times they blamed wild animal attacks on the disappearances. However, despite these thoughts, several organized searches were launched to try and find the real reason for the disappearances. One search actually discovered the beans, the beans, actually discovered the beans's cave, Mr. Beans. But the men refused to believe anything human would actually be living in it. Oh, oh, I've seen that before. before. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that Sonny? It's the uh, Habsburg. Oh, Habsburg. Joel. That's a yeah, look royal inbred. At home, look that up when you're listening to this episode. Right. One of the worst royal inbred families ever. Wow. Look like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was his brother. If they ever do the movie, they can cast him. Frank, Frank. take it back. <laughs> oh yeah, take it back. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. So they discovered the cave, but the men refused to believe anything was actually living in there. Dumb. You at least go and check it out, right? Suspicion fell on local innkeepers because they were oftentimes the last to see the disappeared victims alive. And many innocent people were hanged over the years, just in an attempt to find a culprit, pretty much. But the disappearances continued. However, at one point, a victim escaped. One night, the Bean Clan ambushed a married couple coming back from a local fair. The man was skilled in combat and was able to fight off some of the clan members with a sword and pistol. However, his wife did not survive. The it women. Was John Wick. The, <laughs> He would take out that whole clan Bobby by himself. It was John Wick. Especially if they killed his dog That's true. with his wife's body. The women from the Bean family were able to take the wife down, cutting her throat and sucking her blood. They also pulled out her intestines. Oh my god, they had time to do all that? Apparently. And the guy got to watch? Well, he was, I guess, fighting. I guess he wow. was still fighting off people while this was happening. Uh, before they could defeat the husband. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, well, I'm sure they would have killed him too, but before they could defeat him, a large group of fairgoers appeared in the distance, which caused the Bean family to flee. So he were they, survived. Were they coming back from Scarborough? Yeah, you fair? said the, you, they were fairgoers? It just said they were coming back from a fair. I don't know. This is all very random. I, near, the, near, the, well, <laughs> near the cliff. It just happened to be on the coast. The when I say fair, I don't know if it was like a fair like you're thinking of. It was a Scarborough or it, fair. It That's what I'm saying. I just it's imagine like they, they had the maple like their, and everything. I was thinking their kettle corn in a bag. Big <laughs> cotton candy. Big cotton candy. Elephant here. 
pulling their prize-winning cow on their pecan <laughs> pie. They just want a blue ribbon. I just said, Reginald, you. Reginald, what's going on over there? <laughs> what is that savage approaching us in the distance? <laughs> I believe that man is waving a katana around. Or would it have been a, what's it called, a, a rapier? <laughs> rapier. A rapier wit. We, we must help him. Fucking hitting somebody with a bag of cotton candy. So I can't stop thinking. You said fair goers. I didn't know if you meant like fair goers or like fair goers. Like they go to the fair. Could be both. Could be. Fair, fair goers. I'm so sorry. anyway, there was an account of this from a night, excuse me, a 1719 book called A Complete History of the Lives and Robberies of Notorious Highwaymen. That was the name of the book that described the event as follows. The female cannibals cut her throat and fell to sucking her blood with as great a gust as if it had been wine. This done, they ripped up her belly and pulled out all her entrails. Such a dreadful spectacle made the man make the more obstinate resistance as expecting the same fate if he fell into their hands. But he was able to get away, luckily. Uh, he, The surviving husband's encounter was able to bring the existence of the Bean family to the attention of the king who would launch his own search team of 400 men and several bloodhounds to the area. The bloodhounds led them to the cave. The men, or when the men entered the cave, they found the bean clan surrounded by human remains. And here's another excerpt from that same book that I just mentioned a second ago. And I quote, Now the whole uh, host of men, or as many of them as could, went in and were, were all so shocked at what they beheld that they were almost ready to sink into the earth. Legs, arms, thighs, hands, and feet of men, women, and children were hung up in rows like dried beef. A great many limbs lay in pickle, and a great mass of money, both gold and silver, with watches, rings, swords, pistols, and a large quantity of clothes, both linen and woolen, and an infinite number of other things which they had taken from those whom they had murdered, what a sentence, were thrown together in heaps or hung up against the sides of the den." Was no, that a no commas <laughs> or a whole no paragraph? Back in the 1700s, man, they really like a good, good long run-on sentence. I mean, to describe the linens, they had to give special mention and to the woolens. linens and yeah. the woolens, woolens, linens, and an and infinite woolens. number of other things. We should have expected that out of a book with that title, though. Yeah, even their titles are like paragraphs. So, with nowhere to go, the Bean Clan surrendered and were taken back to Polbooth Jail in Edinburgh. They were promptly executed without trial as they were considered subhuman and unfit for a trial. Sonny and the rest of the men had their genitalia cut off and thrown into oh fires. Oh my god, why? As well as their hands and feet severed, causing them to bleed to death. After watching the men die, Agnes and the rest of the women were tied to stakes and burned alive. I'm sorry, who? Black Agnes, oh. excuse me. Oh. <laughs> If she was burned alive, she was definitely Black Agnes. So this is no longer legend. There's a court <laughs> record of this, of them killing them in the, in the town. Well, no. Okay. So this, this is, is all legend. This is all legend, and we're, I'm going to get to that because I'm almost to the end here. I was going to read a quote from Wes Craven himself. So he con he made a comment about the execution right around when the Hills Have Eyes came out. And this is a quote from Wes Craven. They did horrendous things to them, broke them all on the wheel, hanged the women in front of the men, and they dismembered the men. Even though what I just said, they said they burned the women after. Either way. And I was so struck by how, on the one hand, you have this feral family that's killing people and eating them, but if you look at it, they weren't doing anything that much worse than civilization did when they caught them. 
And I just thought, what a great kind of A slash B of culture, how the most civilized can be the most savage and how the most savage can be civilized. I constructed these two families, talking about the movie now, as mirrors of each other. I found it very interesting to look at ourselves, to think of ourselves as having the capacity not only for great good, but for great evil. End quote for Wes Craven. So anyway, in summary so, here, all so that... So they roasted their chestnuts on an open fire. Yeah, they did. They're bean nuts. They're bean nuts. <laughs> so given all of what I just read now... Burnt many, Black Agnes to- <laughs> Charcoaly black. Yeah, but it was Agatha all along, so Agnes was innocent. So anyway, to summarize the Sonny Bean story, given everything I just said, many historians are not confident the Bean family ever actually existed. Some believe Sonny Bean may have been a real person, while others think he was just a mythical figure. Supposedly, (coughs) newspapers and diaries from during the era in which Sonny Bean was active make no mention of ongoing disappearances of hundreds of people. And there are also some inconsistencies in the stories. But it's speculated that Kernels of Truth might have inspired the legend, which was likely altered over time, especially since it popped up in a lot of books and magazines uh, to become more relevant to readers and to give more shock factor. So Colonel, to answer your question from before, it was probably not true. Probably just a legend. Did you or say Kernels of Truth? Kernel of Truth. From the fair course? From the... Popcorn <laughs> Kernels? A kettle corn now, kernel I'll, of truth. When I first read or heard about this story, the first thing I thought of is back then when people would travel to get their mead and ale, <laughs> they would go into these, basically there was a combination of a draft house slash hotel, motel type place. I don't hate this. Holiday Inn. It's a good one on me. Got it? Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. Those people, a lot, a lot of times, those would be like out in the middle of the wilderness, just like here in America, <clears throat> and they would go missing, and they would blame it on the woods or something spooky in the woods or natives or you know whatnot. Of course. And they come to find out a lot of those people were getting murdered by those people that own that establishment. Now look at the story again, and some of those stories were about people that own those type of establishments saying that. They were the last ones to see them, and Sonny Bean's family got them. So it was like a good scapegoat, possibly, for yeah. some of these people to murder them for their money oh, yeah. and their riches and bury them out in the woods. I just think if you're going to make be. up a story, you got to come up with a better name than Sonny Bean. Oh, Sonny. Like, I can't take it seriously if you tell me somebody was traipsing, scallywagging through the woods, and, oh, shit, it's the Beans. <laughs> like... Or maybe there was a real Sonny Bean that actually did marry a real Black Agnes witch, and then they kind of used that to kind of cover up stuff and maybe like they what you're were, saying. did have an inbred type family, but who said they were cannibals and that, murderers? That's true love right there. If I meet somebody and her name is Black Agnes. <laughs> Can I call you Agnes? Does it got to be Black Agnes? <laughs> no. Absolutely. It's got to be Black. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, baby. Always bet on black. Let me look up a picture of Black right, Agnes. <laughs> you can share it on our socials. You're going to look up a picture of Black Agnes? Black Agnes. I hope she's white. Douglas. Well, so, she's from Scotland, so she's probably... I'm going to get no service out here. Anyway, we'll, we'll look on that later. But anyway. I got perfect um, service out here a while ago, and now it's not working. I had 5G. Wait. No, I don't. I got two here rollers. she is. It went down the one. Sonny Bean. 
and Black Agnes. They're all like old timey. Obviously, there are no photos back then, but they're all just like. I was like, expecting a what fucking Polaroid. But you say no, it was Black Agnes? Did you see the one where it shows 1600s the 1600s and it's just a, a fork that shows the cave? I show them like cooking people over a fire in one of these. Is it Black Agnes Douglas? Yes. Look at this picture. There's like legs and feet on this little yeah. grill they made. They're all over. bald, so you can tell they're related. Oh, fuck. They're I all naked and in. their inbred titties are all hanging out. I actually out. typed in black anus. <laughs> How's that going for you? I'm just kidding. I didn't really do that. Uh, Not on accident. We'll share some of these pictures on the socials so you can all get the full Black effect. Angus. <laughs> the Bean Clan. But anyway, you can kind of, I mean, you can obviously see where Wes Craven got the idea he basically took this same story and instead of Scottish wilderness, he basically made it American desert. Cannibal family preying on people that get lost out in their area, so to speak. So my whole thing is like if they move to this cave that's supposed to be kind of away from society out on this coast, like how are they still finding all these people? Like you wouldn't think there'd be that many travelers coming through there, but obviously it was still a, trafficked enough area to where they could live 50 people could live off of you know all these people that they come through they didn't say though that they weren't killing animals as well to survive it's just they had a taste for humans and they who probably knows? killed rabbits and well so how long does a human stuff? last i mean if you were gonna yeah, freeze well, it or save it, it there's a lot of factors that, that go into that it depends on the temperature of the room first of all you know and temperature of the cave yeah so it's that, all about conditions, man. If you salt it too, that preserves the meat. So you could salt it and then put it in the cave, and it'll that's stay right. there like a refrigerator. Like you it, know, that's how they used to refrigerate things. They would dig things into the hillside, mm-hmm. and they would put their meats in there. And like he was you, a professional digger. If you meal plan properly, I think a human could last you a, a week or two. Makes sense. If you meal prepped. Yeah, I mean, if you're not looking for just finger foods, containers, uh, uh, finger foods, if you're not looking for finger the foods. Foot, he just <laughs> writes Thursday on. More like a slab of ribs every night. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to eat that, are you? So, bringing up some other stories. We had we had thigh last night. I just I'm not in the mood. Yeah, means has some other. How, how about a rump rose tonight, <laughs> honey? Just save me an ear. Save the it's save the neck save for, the me. for me, Clark. <laughs> Yeah, so go ahead, Means. You've got some other stories yeah, that inspired this, the movie. This story, it didn't inspire the movie. This movie inspired me to look up other things I've already been researching. This movie oh. inspired the story. So you yes. were inspired. I was inspired. I, I started thinking about that 2020 video of that inbred family from West Virginia, the Whitakers. Have you heard about them? Hey, now those, are, those are my people over here. Watch what you say. Ken. They're, they're apparently one of the more inbred families in the United States right now, and uh, they had to have the law called on them, and nothing happened. <laughs> A little aside there, nothing happened. The law went in there, and they were like, eh, whatever. They're inbred. This is totally normal. Totally normal here. But, uh, <laughs> I don't see a problem. It also brings the uh, one group up that the two youngest siblings, which was a boy and a girl, was walking on all fours like wolves and couldn't speak. Did you ever hear about that family? That sounds familiar. You could look up YouTube videos of that. That's These are just recent things, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring up not only the, we talked about the Habsburgs and then the Whitakers and then the Wolf Boy and all that stuff. There was actually a Wolf Boy, too, by the way, that uh, Rudyard Kipling. How do you say that? Rudyard? Hey, I am at stroke age. I thought you were going to say Rudger Howard. 
Rudyard Kipling, the Rudyard. the guy that the guy that wrote uh, Jungle Book, yes, mm. among other things, uh, he got his inspiration for the main character from this actual like guy they found that was raised by wolves. Hmm. So you look all that up, <clears throat> Mowgli. So, so I want to walk like you, talk like you. <laughs> that whole it's thing is true. interesting when you think about it. But what I thought was really cool was this stuff. I don't know if you guys have heard of this phenomenon, but it's called the missing 411. You heard about this? I've heard of the 411. Okay. Not the missing 411. So there's a book this guy wrote called the missing 411. And he's a researcher, former uh, policeman, I think. And he wrote this book and it started all these documentaries. They did a documentary and now you can find tons of YouTube videos. But it's kind of like a, I say it's a cross between a, a viral urban legend and, you know, this, people really don't know exactly what it is, exactly. But what it is, is they're starting to see that over the last 100 to 150 years, state and national parks have a lot of people going missing. And either they just disappear, flat out disappear, and they don't find them ever again, or they find them later on, and they're in places where they shouldn't have been. So like the, they went off the trail or something? I'll read a couple of them to you, but it's it's really weird. Like some of oh, them were like like a bedtime story. One yeah. one was about this uh, this young boy. He was they were camping with his entire family, and he was like three years old. Sorry. He literally was. They were at the water. And he was at the picnic table less than probably 50 yards away from them. They turn around, look at the water, turn back around, the boy's gone. So they go hunting for him. They can't find him. They search party out for like days, never find the boy. They find him, I think it was like 12 miles away from there, up in a uh, mountainside. And he was like well above like sea level. And he was up there where he should have been frozen to death. Right? Mm -hmm. How did the boy get up there? So that's the whole thing. An animal... Sorry, can I assume he was deceased? He was deceased. Okay. An animal can can drag things up, but they're not going to drag things up and then just leave it and not eat it. Right? So... I'm just going to leave this right here. So the whole <laughs> Go thing pick about some these berries and come back. One things that are creepy is the theories out there are either A, aliens... Of course, that's theories for everything, right? Of course. B, animals dragging them. Alien animals. Yep. And C, feral, inbred people living in caves or underground. Also known as aliens. So, people would make sense because, like, what do we do with our meat when we want to save it for later? Go put it up above True. the In the freezer. True. Oh. So, here's here's a couple. I'm just going to read a few of them to you because I think, think these are pretty interesting. So this is a guy named Danny Philippidis. How do you say that word? Philippidis? Philippidis. Philip? I don't know. That sounds like a disease. That's, it does. It's a condition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is 2018, February. A Canadian man named Danny Philippidis. Nobody sure. Was on a ski trip with his friends in New York. It was around 2 p.m. They had been skiing for hours, getting ready to go to the lodge, and Danny said that he wanted to go on one more run down the hill before their lunch break. By 4 p.m., he was failing to return any calls or texts, and the friends were concerned. They began searching for him, and after being unable to find him, they told the employees at the lodge that he was missing. A team of 130 people scoured the entire mountain without finding him. Six days later, 
his wife received a phone call. She didn't recognize the number, and it sounded far away and staticky. It was Danny's voice, however. He was incoherent and confused and then hung up the phone. She called immediately back to that number and pleaded with him to call 911 for help, so he did. He had no idea where he was, and he just described his surroundings. When paramedics finally found him, he was still wearing all of his ski gear in need of medical assistance. He was holding a brand new iPhone, and someone had cut his hair. Sounds like fire in the sky. <laughs> oh, alien abduction. Somehow, he ended up in Sacramento, California at the airport terminal car rental depot. He was 3,000 miles away from where he disappeared. Oh, it looks like Daniel. <laughs> Must be the... <laughs> Must be the clouds in my eyes. <laughs> so he disappeared in Canada, and they found him in Sacramento, California. Can't remember how he got there. He had no idea what day it was when he learned where he was and how long he had been, people had been looking for him. He got overwhelmed and emotional. The leading theory is that he was kidnapped in the back of a big rig truck, but no proof of this has ever surfaced. I don't know why that's the leading theory. I heard that Daniel arrived tonight on a plane. <laughs> that's what the song is actually about. Was this guy? Yeah. <clears throat> no but he had a haircut like when he woke up. That is very That's strange. what I'm stuck on. Yeah. Like, how what? peculiar. <clears throat> Well, we can't just leave him like this. Give me the shears. <laughs> a little off the top. Yeah. Not just going to kidnap you without giving you a fresh face. Got a rat's nest up here. We got to do something about this. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, we can't eat that. So here's another one. 2014, a medical doctor named James McGrogan went on a split snowboard trip with friends in Vail, Colorado. So far, these both involve snowboard and skiing. And their state parks. Hmm. Peculiar, Yeti or national parks? <laughs> could, could be the Yeti. Could be yeah. Yeti. That's a, that's another theory. Hmm. Oh God! Uh, this sport is a lot like cross country skiing or hiking in snowshoes. So, but basically, it's like a combination between skiing and walking. I guess I don't know. There's no skis involved. He came prepared with a cell phone and a satellite GPS system. He was much faster than his friends, so he said he would wait for them at the next stop. They last last lost sight of him and never saw him at any of the stops along the trail from thenceforth. When the search team went looking for him, they found no tracks in the snow that veered off the trail, so they had no idea where he could have possibly gone. Five days later, his body was discovered 4.5 miles away as the crow flies, which is more like a 14-and-a-half-mile hike as he would have to climb up mountains in order to get there. His body was found by two hikers at the bottom of a frozen waterfall. Search party had gone over that area multiple times before, but had never seen his body until that day. He was mangled into a strange position. His skull was crushed as if he had fallen from the sky. He was still wearing the full ski outfit and helmet, but there were no boots on his feet, and he also had his gloves taken. The search and rescue team later found his discarded split snowboard, but they never found his boots. His cell phone and GPS were still working, and he had packed a backup battery as well. They tested the area where he was found, and there was cell phone signal there. Yet he never tried to call for help. The police deemed this an accidental death and closed the case. Weirdly, his hair was in cornrows. It was very weird. <laughs> Fresh cornrows. <laughs> Fucking kidnapper riffraff. Shit was tight. All right. That's weird. Here's another one. 1952, a two-year-old boy named Keith Perkins went missing from his home in Ritter, Oregon. 
in the middle of, middle of the night. He'd been playing outside with his jacket on, but he was far from equipped to spend the night outside alone. His family and search party searched for him immediately. They could follow his tiny footprints up to a point where they completely stopped. There were no other animal or adult tracks nearby. 19 hours later, they found Keith. He was about 15 and a half miles away. He had taken his jacket off and was laying face down in the snow on a frozen pond. Keith was alive. When they asked him why he had run away and how he survived, he said he could not remember a thing. You said two-year-old? He was a two-year-old boy. Hmm. They diagnosed that one as bad parenting. Well, I mean, how, more. how's a two-year-old go 15 miles away, <clears throat> up and down hills, and then end up face down on a frozen pond? The weirdest part about all it. this is not only are they being, like, taken, but they're just being, like, left. Yes. Unharmed. Yeah. It's Sometimes such a, groomed. It's just, just a dick thing to do. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to take, take you over here and just leave you. Now, this one could have been murder. I don't know. Father's Day weekend, 1969, six-year-old Dennis Martin was at the Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee with his brother, father, and grandfather. They camped out for the night, and the next day a man approached Mr. Martin asking him if his sons wanted to play with his kids since they were about the same age. Dennis's father agreed, and the children started a big game of hide-and-seek. Dennis's father kept his eyes on his son from a distance. He hid behind a tree, and while the other kids jumped to reveal themselves, Dennis did never... Uh, never came out from behind the tree. His father got up and ran over to where he had last seen his son, and he was completely gone. The Appalachian Trail was nearby, so he ran at full speed for two miles, yelling and calling for Dennis. They couldn't find his son, therefore they called park rangers and spent all night looking for him. Uh, the only thing they found belonging to Dennis was one shoe and one sock. They never found a body. So they conducted interviews and dug through files with testimonies. The key family had been camping in the park that same weekend. They asked park rangers where they could go see bears. They were told where to go, and when they arrived, they reported hearing a scream. The child pointed at the top of the hill, saying he saw a bear. The father said it looked more like a scary-looking, wild, hairy mountain man dodging behind trees while carrying something on his shoulders. The Squatch. Oh. I got so, one more story to tell you. Can we tell you the story real quick? Oh, go for it. Story. We're all about stories on this podcast. I, I also want you guys, if you get a chance, David Politis is the guy that wrote the Missing 411 book and film series. And uh, so if you want to look up more of those Missing 411 things up. But here's one. 1999, a three-year-old boy named Jared Adadero was living with his sister and father, Alan, at the resort Jared's dad worked at in the Comanche Wilderness. A Christian singles group was staying at that resort, and one of the women in the group offered to take Alan's kids with them for a few hours to a local fish hatchery. They never asked Alan if they could take the children hiking as well, but they saw a sign for a nearby trail, decided at the last minute they would go through the forest on this trail. The Christian singles were so involved in their own hikes that they lost track of Jared. Mind you, a three-year-old boy. Good job, Christians. Was this the Home Alone family? <laughs> I God. guess. Come on. And he wandered away from the group. Two hikers in the area saw him hiking alone, but assumed his parents must be nearby. After this, he was never seen again. Uh, okay, two hikers, come on. It's a three-year-old boy. Pick him up. In 2003, two hikers climbed up a very steep rock face, roughly 550 feet above the trail. They found one of the child's to tooth, 
Oops. a piece of skull and Jared's clothes, which were fully intact. Who found this? Two separate hikers. Found a three-year-old tooth? No, this is four years later. Oh. They, they, they found, found a three-year-old tooth four they years They found later. his tooth. That just seems like a three-year-old tooth. That'd be so small. But here, here's what it is. <laughs> you find it, that in the woods. It was a three-year-old. So it had, it had to have been a three-year-old's tooth. Yeah. Okay, what, so they, they found crawling this. crawling around out there? But they found it with it is a piece of a skull. It's still in the skull. his clothes, which were fully intact. They had been taken off of his body and turned inside out. There was God. one shoe which looked brand new. Somehow it was perfectly preserved for the four years it was up there. Was all this stuff like together? Yes. Okay. So they probably found the clothes and then did some more digging Skull, and then found tooth. the tooth. Okay. But how would they find a 550 feet above the trail that they were on? A. B. Clothes were turned inside out. An uh, animal can't do that. There's a tooth up there. And then C. Why is the shoe brand new looking still in hmm. four years. Hmm. The area where his remains were found were far too difficult for a child to climb himself, and it would have been a necessarily difficult location for an adult kidnapper to carry him. It doesn't line up with a bear or cougar attack pattern because the clothes would have been ripped to shreds or covered in blood. The family is still haunted by these unanswered questions. Hmm. So I say aliens. Some unsolved mystery. Oh, obviously. Obviously, aliens. It's got to be. Some aliens. people think Bigfoot's an alien, like a century for the forest. Makes sense. Travels through that's wormholes. Dis- that's why he disappears all the time. Maybe all aliens are big, hairy, tall things, and not the just like aliens that we picture in our heads. You never know. Maybe, Maybe one of us is an alien. Of big, hairy suits to scare pe- scare people. Maybe. Ancient Maybe tribes used real- to do that. <laughs> Maybe they're not real suits. They're just things that you see in your mind because that's what they project you to see. Whoa. Mm. Whoa. What if we're all aliens just unaware that we're wearing suits, man? Oh, my God. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) I'm tripping balls right now. (laughs) All right. That's all I got. So, yeah. And there's a few more of them. Uh, Three-year-old boy Jared Atorero, 1999, went Missing in National Park in Colorado. We also have Bob, Bobby Bizzip, 1958, a 10-year-old partially deaf boy uh, at Rocky Mountain National Park going missing. Um, so some of the things that they have in common is they're finding them in places that they shouldn't be at a young age, and there's no way they probably could have got there on their own. Um, missing certain items from their bodies. Some of them were alive, couldn't remember how they got there. Some of them were completely dead. And we have at least two accounts of people seeing people running through the woods like hairy wild men. Now, you could say Bigfoot, but you could also say feral people because there are legends of feral people living in different state parks hmm. could, or national parks. I like, could buy the feral people, but I'm like kind of with Ian. Why would they just leave people there? Don't you think feral people would want to eat them or do something with them? I just don't mm. see the point in taking them that far away just to leave them. And if they're kids, them. they're not going to like rob them because kids aren't going to really unless have they're taking on them. Feral, but in the point like where they're not like I guess they could still be curious and not harmful. Maybe you know what I mean? More animal like, and they've yeah. not ever been civilized at all. It's because their feral trend doesn't mean they have to be savages. No, I think it does. I feel like <laughs> feral kind of. I understand what what everybody's saying, but. 
you understand what I'm saying, right? Like you, you said like animalistic, but not the point like where they could just be like nurturing. Yeah. Like they see a child and they're like taking it, thinking like it's alone and they're yeah saving Bebe. it. Bebe. Bebe. Yeah, oh, like that. Shit. <laughs> Bring it or, or back around. Uh, Inbred cannibals underground. You guys are not allowed to quote that movie that you all hated on. Hey, I liked it. I was going to say, we're the two that didn't hate it. Didn't you like two it. hated on it. I what? didn't like it. No, I liked it. I didn't like it the first time we watched it, but by the time we did the episode. I was going to say, we didn't hate I'd it. I watched it again and I liked it. Barbarian for people who are lost. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode. But I guess what I'm saying is even as an adult, like mm-hmm. they could still like think like, Oh, they're alone. I have to take them back and cut their fucking hair for some reason. <laughs> if I was going <laughs> to kidnap Trent away from his home, I'd, yeah. I'd cut his hair. They don't really take them back to the same spot either, though. It's just like they just leave random them. spots. Or they kill them and then leave them. Or they, they leave take them and they them just like, starve to death. They take them so quickly. Yeah. Like, there's no way I could pick Trent up and run him 15 miles down the road. and So that's why these theories there's about no way I could are pick so interesting. Up. Like, is it feral people? Is it Bigfoot or Sasquatch? Is it alien? Is it an animal? If it's an animal, it would have chewed them up. Like their bones would have It'd gnaw marks bite, on them yeah, and stuff. Teeth marks, claw marks or something. Yeah. I don't so think I we don't can try like to find logic animal. in that, which completely doesn't make sense. This would be great topics for a Bigfoot episode if we wanted to do another one in the future. Yeah, we could swing those in there. Bigfoot is sometimes confused with Scasquatch. I've got all kinds of Bigfoot Scasquatch. <laughs> Did you say Scasquatch? Uh, maybe. I was trying to say Sasquatch, though. Sasquatch. Bigfoot, sometimes confused with Sasquatch, yet he doesn't complain. We don't know that. Nice. He yet, he, okay. yet he doesn't complain. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> yeah, garage door, please. Yeah, but yeah I'm going to need you well, to those were, uh, <laughs> Those were cool stories. Interesting. Makes you think. It makes you think not to go <laughs> to a state about? park. I don't know what we're yeah, thinking Don't about. go to a state park and <laughs> turn your back on your children. Yeah. Really. So, I don't know. I think the... Uh, I mean, there are tons of websites on this. Like, the Missing 411 book, I think, kind of kicked it off. But there are a lot of different websites on the Missing 411 cases. There's been podcasts. I mean... Wazoo about it. Like, it's just, it's an interesting thing about people going missing. Maybe people are trying to put legend on it, and it's just an everyday thing where people get lost in the woods, you know, and they end up dying. Mm-hmm. Like that dumbass that just jumped off the, the cruise the, ship cruise ship the other day. Like, just stupid, just stupid stuff. People just do dumb stuff sometimes. Yeah. I think but, it's a mix of, of all those things, really. But a little kid going missing that quickly, just, that kind of blows my mind. Like, there's got to be something to it. I don't know. Mystery. Like, maybe the animal or whatever carried him off so far, and then he just, like, started exploring, like, trying to find his way back. The parents aren't here. Like, the one guy saw him hide behind a tree, and then he never came back. So something had to put its hand over its mouth, and I don't, I don't think a bobcat's going to be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, on two legs. Well, Ian said earlier that it was possibly alien animals. So, you know, what if it was an alien bobcat? We don't know how they roll. I don't know. Well, I mean. The whole inbred and alien and Yeti Sasquatch connection is just cool. I like how they all kind of can connect stories. It's cool, but it's creepy. Like, 
I mean, we could segue into the movie now a little bit too, but like just the idea of being out somewhere and I don't want to say the wild, but just out in nature somewhere and thinking there's people out there running around like watching you and I don't know. That's pretty. That's pretty spooky. I think. I mean, there's a <laughs> well. You Wells? said there's people out there watching you, and he's just smirking, staring at you the whole time. <laughs> I was thinking it's me. Wells among Damn them, right. I'm sure. Damn but right I mean, there. while I was doing some of this, uh, I, I, loosely, loosely saying research. research. <laughs> yeah, I just looked up a few sites, but while I was looking up stuff, there was this one website that was actually is like a National Geographic, and it was talking about there are upwards of still over a hundred tribes that are untouched tribes, they estimate. So that means throughout the world, there are still people out there that have never seen civilization. And well, I believe they could that. still be cannibalistic or they still could be, you know, very so closed off from actual technology and people. Were we talking about this on a recent episode? Or did I watch something recently? Probably watched I think something. you probably watched something. That dealt with like, <clears throat> what was it? What was I watching? It was talking about this literal same thing about tribes that are still to this day, like what you just said, living without any interaction to the real world or whatever you want to call it. it like literally attack anybody that comes out. Well, there. I mean, wait a minute. <clears throat> we might have talked about this on episode, but it wasn't like recently or anything. No, I do remember a, a conversation. Like Means had a conversation about that. Yeah. I can't remember, but it's it's fresh. It was recent, whatever I'm thinking of, but it was this exact same subject about how there are tribes that. It's really fresh. Like, I just said it. No, just, before that, you <laughs> made it. You refreshed like it. Five minutes. Ago, I was just talking about that, Trent. Yeah. You refreshed it. Yeah, I now think, that you bring it up, I do remember us yeah, having a conversation see, like that. It was probably on an episode recently, but. Not recently. Wells will, recently Wells will go back through and years, listen to them all again, well, and he'll Wells tell are, us. Expert of our archivist, <laughs> he's yeah. our archivist. But well, anyway, let's talk about the movie in, in relation to this too. So let's. You've all probably seen the movie or watched it recently. Hopefully, talk about the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can talk about both, but yeah, specifically the original. I mean, do you guys still find it to be scary? No, not at all. I don't really either, but I think the idea is scary. Yeah, I think when I watched it when I was little, <clears throat> once again going back to. It was on VHS in the early 1980s. I still remember seeing the poster with Michael Berryman on it. Who's a creepy looking dude? It was a Let's scary fucking poster. And it was it was after Last House on the Left, which I should have never watched when I was that young. And, you know, the rape scene is disgusting. But uh, all of that, you know, back then was scary. Watching it the other day for the first time in probably five years, not so much. No. <clears throat> uh, in the original, all those almost. feral people could easily be taken down with one bullet. Whereas in like the remake, I feel like those uh, cannibals actually look like mutant people who probably had some extra strength to them. Were the uh, original family, do you think they were meant to be mutants or do you think they were always just meant to be inbred? Because I actually liked how the remake made them. I think they were just, in the original, I think they were just, like, people who lived in the desert who just were cannibals and, like, filed their teeth down somehow. It it amazed me, like, how half of them would have, like, nasty, rotten teeth, and half of them looked like they just went to the dentist. Yeah. (laughs) And then one dude had Michael Berryman had, like, the cleanest teeth of them all, and he was the oddest-looking one out of all of them. And then one had really cool hair, and the scar across his face had clean teeth, and then the other one had clean teeth. 
ugly looking in the face and a wig on, <laughs> which is the worst wig I've ever seen yeah. <laughs> on a character in my life. It that was, was pretty horrible. terrible. That wig was bad. Mm-hmm. And he was like the main dude at the end. Yeah. I don't really remember the original. I remember the remake. Oh, yeah. We went to the theater, watched that together. We did. And I remember, like, not necessarily hating it, but being really annoyed with the fact that the dad, who had been, like, a cop for Thank years, you. Thank you. got out of the car, and he heard somebody whisper, like, Daddy, and he just starts shooting blindly yes. into the dark, scared. I'm like, this is supposed to be a seasoned cop, and he's just wasting a revolver, of all things. Yeah. As I went back to watch that today, I realized it's like still one of the most frustrating scenes in horror movie like, history. I get me. it. Like me, I would have probably been scared. And, and the dad was who? Buffalo Bill. Ted Buffalo Lee. Bill. Ted I want to give that movie credit though because I was counting the shots as I watched it today, and they actually stuck to the six shot thing. And that's good, but like I said, like it just his character, like his profession, just didn't make sense to me. Like yeah. how rattled he got so easy. I agree with that, but I am actually going to sing the praises of the remake because I thought for a remake it was actually really good. I, I mean, liked it. it. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying that no, one I know. scene just, is what I, I know. burned my stew. I just thought, uh, I mean, a lot of times you watch these remakes and it's just like, I don't know. Obviously, they copy the original because it's a remake, but they just do it in a lamer way. And I felt like this copied it because it was basically beat for beat the same movie. Yeah. But they did add stuff that made it better. Like they fleshed out the characters a little more. I thought making the family mutants due to radiation I thought was a cool explanation mm-hmm. um, and which they makes just, more sense with the plot that the first movie had yeah right. and they just kind of took everything that the first movie did and just kind of added just enough to make it better and then obviously it was filmed way better had a way bigger budget um, yeah. so I really enjoyed the remake I mean I like the original but I'm with you all I don't think it's super scary I don't know that it holds up real well it's low budget. I get it. You know, yeah, definitely one of budget. those situations, the the rare situations where the remake is better than the original. And to add what you were saying about people firing randomly, like I didn't notice it. I don't think when we first watched it back in theaters when it first came out, but today I noticed the son does the same thing. Like he's all pissed off and going around. He's ready to kill these people for what they, what they did to his family. And then when he finally gets a chance to shoot this guy up in the mountains, it's when he's chasing mom. him. Yeah. And he, he like just, just starts running around. and firing, but just like yeah. stand there, plant just your feet. Randomly. Yeah. You let him killed him right there. Let him run at you and fire at him. Yeah. That was that bug. Yeah. I agree with that. But the son also was, he was that little like wimpy guy. Right. But it, the survivor. No, no. The, the son was uh, not the son in large. I'm not the actual son. Yeah. Son, yeah. I can give you that a little bit. Like it is stupid, but like I get that like fear makes us do bad things. But like, like I said, the cop part annoyed me because he was a cop for right. years. Well, but the kid was also like they were making fun of the son-in-law, and the dad was like, "Oh, he's a Democrat. He doesn't mm-hmm. like guns." And then the kids over there with his guns, like, "Hey, come here and shoot!" Like acting yeah. like the dad has trained him, and he's like all into say, guns I, and I stuff. I had to That's assume fair. that the That's kid fair. has had some training if his retired cop father's going to give him. Well, a gun. That's kind of what they make it seem like, and then he gets a chance to. Easily kill this guy, and he like you said, he's running away, firing but behind maybe, him all. But wildly. again, like he's trained to shoot. Maybe that's the unmoving point, targets. Though. You know what I mean? He's a hypocrite, kind of. Maybe. Well, I mean, maybe that's the point because I mean, you know, a lot of tough guys online, and a lot of 
people that say they're like all about that life aren't about that life when it no. really shit hits it the fan. Out, you know like, what I'm saying? The pussy son-in-law, so to say. Was actually kind of a badass. Yeah. actually the yeah. badass. Maybe that that's, really was. Maybe that's the message. I think that's the moral of the story. I, 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 cop, I agree with what means is The name. cop kind of, you know, had all these years of he should have been a better cop and he kind of. Mm-hmm. Like when he retired, it kind of re- he retired not on a high note, hmm. right? So maybe it was about that. Maybe it did have a political message a little bit. Well, it's Wes That's Craven, true. so he's always going to put his themes in there and his social satire. And and then the uh, I remember the us talking about that when it first came out. Though, like it's just always been an annoyance. The remake was way cooler, I thought, because of the blood. Like sure. I, I'm not like a big blood and guts guy, but I do like seeing it. It was a lot gorier. Than yeah, I think in a movie like that, though, you have to have it. Alexander Aja, is that who directed this new? Mm-hmm. I, I like blood that and guts. I looked him if up, and he's sense. done a yeah. few, few cool movies. But um, the shotgun, the guy shooting his head off with the shotgun, that yeah. was pretty gnarly. Yeah, <sighs> awkward silence. They never like explained his character, like. Did he birth all those people or what? It's because, supposed to be like radiation, right? Well, I don't well, think they, they made it like as, dead. I don't think they made it as obvious as the original movie did, but I think that was still supposed to be the point. I I mean, that's what I took from it. But no, the original, obviously, the guy pretty much said like what he had the kid that turned out <laughs> weird and he tried to do something to him and he ended up I can't remember now, but yeah. And up until the son-in-law went like full badass towards the end, I was like, you two motherfuckers haven't done shit. The dog's the only one that's killed anybody so far. Yeah, that was a badass dog. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Straight for the throat. He chewed the one guy's uh, ankle up. I know we're bouncing back and forth between the old one and the new one, but in the old one, he chewed the dude's ankle up, which is pretty gross. In the old one, the uh, when they find beauty... Mm-hmm. That's a real dead dog. I read Did that read when that? I was researching this. Yeah. yeah, is that where you all got the idea for the real dead? What was it, possum? <laughs> we found <Yeah>. a possum. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the same kind of circumstances. They that was probably found this dog and Texas probably. Chainsaw Massacre Part Three. Leatherface saw his family at a at a dead armadillo in the road like that. Hmm. That's where I got that from. Oh, okay. This movie is just as dirty as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Gives it was an inspiration for this movie, Wes Craven said. Texas Chainsaw inspired this movie a lot. Uh, gives you that same feeling like everybody's just sweaty and dirty and probably smells like I a, feel like, though. I like I was out here in this garage. <laughs> <laughs> We're I feel like Chainsaw, though, was like more gritty than this movie. This movie just felt like too many fake actors. Like it did. Too many yes. bad fake actors. I'm just over here. Melting like a snow cone in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. It was, I, thought, uh, I was surprised by the acting considering it was a Wes Craven movie. Wait, what does that mean? I was just surprised that it was like such low budget acting, it seemed like. Oh. Well, you got to think, though. It was a second film. I agree the acting wasn't great, and it was obviously very low budget, but I thought the story was still really good, and I thought his directing was still pretty good, all things considered, because he did a good job even though you're kind of stuck out in the wide open desert, he kind of made it feel very claustrophobic because obviously you're stuck there. You can't really go anywhere. And I just thought he did a good job conveying that and and creating that kind of dread of all these people around you. 
So, I mean, I thought I thought he did a great job, even though I do agree that acting and, and the budget didn't help it, but because it doesn't hold up very well, I don't think. Yeah. Now the biggest the biggest of the Campbells, the bald guy. You know what I'm talking about? Pluto. Yeah. Uh was he the same actor that plays uh I think Tiny in the Devil's Rejects? Wait, which I think one? It what is was him. it? What did you say? The guy who plays Pluto in the Hills Have Eyes. Is that the same actor that plays Tiny in Devil's Rejects? In Rejects? the remake? Mm, no. In the original. Michael Berryman? No. I don't think so. Tiny? Tiny's the big dude. Mm-hmm. Michael Berryman's not that big. They make him look big, kind of. Yeah, the bald cannibal in the original? Yeah. He looks pretty big. That's in the not movie. him. The guy that played Tiny was the guy that was in uh, Big Fish. Big Fish. It's a oh. great movie. He is like a really actually big guy. He's dead now, but deceased. I own that movie. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. So uh, what's his name? Michael Berryman? He was in Devil's Rejects. So he was Cleavon. Shall be Cleavon. He was the guy that wasn't a chicken fucker boss. Shall be a good man. That's two Levon references in the last two episodes. Killing the game, as Ian would say over there. That's right. Yeah. Killing the game. And we have exactly that's two t- people that understand that reference. That's, yeah. that's yeah, if you two, don't like Levon, that's, t- that's two Elton John references we made in this episode. That's true. You know, Levon's my favorite Elton John song. It's my favorite Elton John song. Really? It I'm really not hating. Is. I love it. I love that song. Dude, my can, daughter, my I daughter lose myself it. in that song. It's a great song. Not my favorite. It's a great song. Okay. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel fans. Anybody? No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Bleecker Street. You heard that song? I'd probably know it, but I don't know it by the title. Okay, you I need have to, to look you it need up. Need to listen to it and just close your. That's mind one of those bands that I probably know visualize. know a lot of their songs, but I don't always know the names to each one. Yeah. So I probably do know it, but it's not ringing a bell right now. I've heard of Beaker Street. Put a little meep in your life. Eep. Oh I'm laughing because I can't <laughs> not laugh at a Muppet reference. So I can't get the image of him out of my head. <laughs> let's uh let's let's bring this back in. I'm gonna go through a little bit of trivia and then we can rate the movie and and call it a night. So trend, please. Rate. Wow. Rate. Somebody's You're thinking of last house on the left, sir. Over here. So speaking of the remake of Last House on the Left, if we don't ever do this as an episode. The microwave scene at the end is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But you think it's dumb, really? How do you get a microwave to work when the door doesn't shut? I guess you could like rig the switch. Hey, hey, save like it a, for that like episode. Like a dryer. <laughs> we'll do an episode. Like a dryer would still work. Do that though. She just put his yeah, put I his get head it. in there and just like fired it up. Anyway, <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I don't think ever we're ever going to do an episode on that. Could well, well, I'm though. just saying, I've talked about it live on here before. Do it live. I talked about it on here before. I invited some people over for a movie night, and I turned on the remake of Last House on the Left because it was brand new at the time. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgot that that was a thing. The rape scene. And the rape <laughs> scene comes on. Come on, man. And as it's happening, everybody just slowly, because t- I picked the movie, everybody slowly turns and looks at me, and I was like, you're still there eating your popcorn. I, I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't. I 
I'll I'll fast forward it. So I start to fast forward it, and it's going for a few minutes, and they're still doing the raping, and they're just looking at me. I was like, I didn't know it was gonna. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it go Five an extra speed. Yeah. And it was like ten minutes long. I hate to say it, but if you're gonna watch that movie, you kind of have to watch that scene because it makes the revenge all the more sweeter. I, I couldn't. It was too it's, painful. It is a very that's a grotesque scene to watch. Yeah. It was brutal. But you have to agree, it makes the revenge a lot better. Uh, true, but that I can like skip that it and scene realize in Serbian gotta... film. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but there's a scene in that that's very hard to watch. Hmm. In which film? A Serbian film. Mm. You heard of that? Mm. Is that what it's called? A Serbian oh, film. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a Serbian film. Like, What's it called? What's right? it called? It's Tri- a very uh, some disgusting. It's not. Even, have you ever seen that level, the iceberg level of like crazy movies? Like mm-hmm. it's only on Serbian films, only on like level three. But you watch and you're like, is there really stuff out there worse than this? Mm. But apparently there is, and I I don't want to watch that stuff. Yeah. At what point does it stop being like it's enjoyable? Not horror. Like it's not even fun to watch yeah. stuff like that. So anyway, all right. Trivia. Here's some trivia for you guys. So another thing that inspired Wes Craven for this movie was an incident that happened to him while taking a motorcycle trip with his wife. They stopped in a small Nevada town. A trio of locals shot an arrow past his head. An arrow. (laughs) Right by his head, apparently. Who the fuck is arching me right now? (laughs) And insulted him. When Craven threatened to sue them, they replied they could easily kill him, leave his corpse in a nearby salt mine, and no one would ever know. I don't know if that's a real story or not. That was on IMDb trivia, but that's kind of crazy. Threaten to sue desert people who shoot arrows at you? <laughs> hey, what are you going to get out of them? <laughs> I'll sue you. The you shoot another arrow the, at me, the, I'll the sue quill? you. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of weird, though. But if it's real, maybe it's factored into the movie. I don't We've know. We've got some uh, animal pelts you can have in the, in the, in the lawsuit. Right? <laughs> I think you're going to win. Their fucking teeth. Let's see here. Let's see here. They don't even have all those. That's what I'm saying. It's just like a set. <laughs> Taking your copper pipe for your... <laughs> Talking about the old movie here still. The tarantula scene was not planned. Apparently, Wes Craven or the crew just found the spider on the road during shooting, put it in a terrarium, and decided to add it to the film. Kind of like us with the possum again. Uh, Means mentioned it earlier. The dead dog was real. They did not kill the dog, but it was already dead. Wes Craven said, let's just say we bought a dead dog from the county and leave it at that. Wow. So that's kind of creepy. Because that was a pretty messed up looking... I don't know if they like added more to the dog to make it look worse, but it was pretty gross looking, the quick, the quick little shot of it. Old movies have a tradition of like putting real guts and stuff in movies, yeah. which I find disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like so Day of the Dead, they had like real like chicken livers that people were chewing on. Oh, yeah. It's gross. They want you to get the smell and everything. The film was originally rated X. According to producer Peter Locke, significant footage was removed to get an R rating, including the scene in which Papa Jupiter kills Fred, which was the gas station old man guy, I believe. The scene in which Pluto and Mars terrorize the trailer and the final confrontation with Papa Jupiter. So they cut a lot out to get it down from an X rating. You alluded to this earlier. Michael Berryman constantly faced heat stroke. Berryman, who was born with 26 birth defects, one of those defects being a condition called hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia, 
which is a genetic skin disease that results in a lack of sweat glands. So the intense desert heat was very hazardous to his health. Says he soldiered on, though, even in intense action sequences. We always had to cover him up as soon as we finished the scenes, Wes Craven said. The original ending was much more hopeful. Originally, the family was going to reunite at the site of the trailer, including Doug and the baby, signifying that they had survived. Craven, though, opted for something more bleak, and so the film ends on a shot of Doug brutally stabbing Mars while Ruby looks on in disgust. A reversal of roles that the director liked. Mentioned that earlier a little bit. Yeah, I just want to say I did not like that ending. It kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Like yeah. it was just literally abrupt. Like it was just hacking that dude to bits, and then yeah. it just cuts to. I was like, really? That's it. That's so there. kind of a weird ending. But we mentioned this on an episode a couple weeks back. But it started an interesting chain of horror homages. The Hills of Eyes is admired by fellow horror filmmakers so much so that one of them, Evil Dead director Sam Raimi, chose to pay homage to it in a strange way. In the scene in which Brenda is quivering in bed after having been brutalized by Pluto and Mars, a ripped poster for Jaws is visible above her head. Raimi saw it as a message. I took it to mean that Wes Craven was saying Jaws was just pop horror. What I have here is real horror. As a joking response, Raimi put a ripped poster for The Hills Have Eyes in his classic The Evil Dead. Not to be outdone, Craven responded by putting a Evil Dead poster inside the room in A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'll be damned. So yeah, they kind of went back and forth with uh, homages to each other. That's kind of cool. Spielberg was like, I'll fucking laugh all the way to the bank, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws made more than both of these combined. That's all the trivia. Anybody else got any interesting tidbits before we rate and wrap it up? Uh, Wes Craven did not want to be a horror director, but he couldn't make it in any other genre world. He kind of got pigeonholed, didn't he? A little tid, tidbit. And then he was like, ah. We're glad just, he did, I'll, though. I'll own it. Say, I think he turned out all right for him. Yeah, we're glad he did. Yep. He had some duds, though. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't call this a dud, despite um, our criticisms of it earlier. I still think it was a good, effective movie. I just think. For the time. Yeah. I just think sure. the low budget and some other things don't hold up as well, but I do think it was still effective. All those ways. shocking movies in the 70s really had really poor budgets. But they were shocking. They were totally different than anything else. Yeah. I would agree. So you got to tip your hat. Tip your hat to the guy. Thank you, Weth. 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 Quaven. R.I.P. Wethly. Did he have anything to do with the remake? Because I don't he remember. produced it, didn't he? I don't I'm remember seeing his name. I'm sure he probably did. Probably producer or something. He did a movie called Bruiser that I thought was decent, but nobody ever saw it. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. Look up Wes Craven's Bruiser and watch it. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was kind of cool. Well, I'll tell you Bruiser. one that this was a 2000s movie, like 2010s, I want to say, was My Soul to Take. Oh, yeah. I like that. I yeah, like that I movie. That. It was trashed. A lot of people didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was pretty I didn't good. Mind it. Had a lot of good tension in it. Yeah. Did you just call it Means Trash? No. What no, is it about not, this garage not again. that you and Means keep... Not again. <laughs> your opinion's trash is what I was saying. Your opinion. Your opinion. You're not trash. All right, so who's going to kick us off here? Wells. Rate it. Stop uh, looking at Mandish. Rate them both. Which one? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to give the original like a... I don't know. He's going low. Five. Okay. Give it a five right okay. in the middle. That's average. And then I'll give the remake a good 7.5. Mm. Okay. 
Ian? I was going to give the remake a six. Uh, the original, I don't remember enough to give it a score. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But I bet you like the remake better than the original. I do like the remake better. I didn't really have time to go back and watch them both because I didn't know that this is what we were doing because I wasn't invited tonight. I just kind of showed up. <laughs> you were accidentally not invited. <laughs> accidentally. I, didn't uh, I was like, it. and I noticed well, and I tried to remember I didn't that. either until he told me earlier. I was like, yes, I did. And then I looked and I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> so that's my bad. That's my bad. So okay. But you're here. You've got a friend in me. I appreciate that. <laughs> Last time I was watching my back. Got your back like chiropractor. I'll jump in there. I'll rate next. I'm going to give the original a six. It's hard to give... Hmm. It's hard to take the remake and give it a better score because it's basically the same movie with a better budget. But I am going to give it, I think, a seven just because I do think they did some things more effectively. Like they took what was good, and I said it earlier, they took what was good and they, they added stuff to it. Mm-hmm. And then the better budget and better gore and all that, I think, just made it a more enjoyable movie. So I am going to give it a higher score, but I feel like that's kind of unfair sometimes when you're talking about remakes. So anyway, a six and a fair. seven. I feel like if you're going to remake something, you should make it better than the original. But it was like literally like, I don't know. I know a lot of remakes take the essence of the story and then still kind of make it something different. This, I feel like, was literally like they had the same dialogue in a lot of scenes. They did. So, I mean, it was literally almost a shot-for-shot remake until the end. They kind of deviated at the end with the fight scene. All the way down to fill her up and check the fluids. Yeah. So, that's my score, though. Six for the original, just because of the balls of doing it. I still thought it was an effective story, and and the The idea of it creeped me out. Influence to other movies, obviously. Yeah, Mm. big influence. I can imagine it was a lot scarier back then when it first came out. But just watching the movie, it's not that good. Um. The remake I thought was way better, so I'm giving it a seven and a half. Six and a seven and a half. Because if you're going to take something that's going to be the exact same story-wise, possibly, at least you're making it better with Mm -hmm. better characters and better special effects and something I would watch multiple times. The original I don't enjoy watching. Yeah, I don't think I would really want to rewatch it a whole lot. So, all right. That's all we got. Yeah. Yeah, that's our episode on The Hills Have Eyes. Um, anything else, guys? Anything? Anything? I do know that uh, they say anywhere between 10 and 100, which is a big number. 10,000 to 100,000 people are living under New York City. <laughs> I've heard this. Under New York City? Is there a movie based on it? We'll do an episode. There's a, so there's a documentary where they go down into the old train tunnels and see where they live. Doesn't that movie take place in New York? It's like the... It's uh, not a movie. It's a documentary. I was talking about Swollen Green. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I'm picturing all the... Uh, I have that at home Swollen now. Swollen Green is When people. we watched that last year, I went out and bought, found it and bought it. Did you really? DVD. <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing like Leela and all the mutants from Futurama. So. Living underground. <laughs> hey. You didn't hear this from me. Don't tell anybody, but that woman's Globarella. <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> Did you like... Uh, What's the one wrong turn? Did you like that whole series? Actually, yeah, uh, I did. I've only the seen first the first one. Really good. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the first one. I haven't watched the remake watch either. You haven't watched Wrong Turns? Oh, None of them. The first one. Yeah, I, I so. like them. Second one's all right. Third one's pretty good, and then they get kind of go. Was the remake? I didn't any see good? the third one. I didn't watch the remake. Hmm. Did you watch the remake? I did not. I didn't know there was a remake. There is. 
Yeah, they tried to reboot it. Came out like it. two, three years ago? Wow. They tried oh, to check it out. It's supposed to be like completely different. Like a wrong turn. <laughs> I would like to check it out, though, because I did enjoy the Did you original. guys ever see the episode about the inbred family on uh, X-Files that mm-hmm. they banned for a while? Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a freaky one. Did you watch it? I'm not. I was never a big X Files guy. I wasn't either. I know you love, love it. I'm yeah. Sorry. Hook job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good episode because they uh, somebody like a farmer found like a dead baby, like a dead deformed baby, and so they go to like research. I don't know why they're researching dead babies all of a sudden, but <laughs> cut it open. Research it, and this family is like inbred inside the house. And I ain't gonna tell you if you've never seen it, you need to look it up. I don't know episode. what it's called. I don't remember what it's but called. But just look, look up the inbred episode of X Files, and you'll find it. <laughs> My search history is pretty bad. I don't need to be adding inbred <laughs> to the so list. Going to get this man <laughs> red flags. Like the <laughs> most <laughs> downloaded like episode of X Files of all time. Really, really, it's really good. Hmm. Yeah, I never really got into X Files. I remember uh, Scully being like the hottest woman of the year, though. Well, when they went away from cryptids and it just became just aliens, it started getting silly. Because every episode was about the exact same storyline. Season four, episode two. It's called Home. That's it. Home. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's creepy. He's never going to watch it. I might. Here's what the. That's the thing. I would probably really enjoy. Look at him. I would probably really enjoy the X Files if I just got into it, but I just never did take that plunge. Now, you got to remember because I went back 2015 and I watched it from episode one. All the way through. Well, you know what it is? Like, how many seasons of it are there? A lot? I want to say it was eight to ten before it cut off. Anytime there's an old show like that, that it's always like, you got to go back and watch it, and there's that many seasons, I get overwhelmed. I'm like, man, I can't I can't watch ten <laughs> well, seasons of this like, show. And you also if it was two remember. or three seasons, maybe, but like, I, there's, it's just... <laughs> well, the, can't make the, that commitment. The good thing about I it, did though, it was supernatural. Like, for like first five seasons, it's not that connecting. So you just watch random episodes? Like I mean, it's it's their files. They're so literally was, case files. It was nine seasons, and then they came out with two more in 2016, 2018. But how Do many, you have to watch the movies along with movies. it too? Well, that's you don't what, have to, but the movies are basically like prolonged, like they're longer, like they're episodes. So the movie takes place between one season to the next. Mm. So you I don't do remember all the seasons, it, but yeah. like one season ends where the movie begins. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And they find like the ship, and then the next season begins where the movie ended. It was really cool. Yeah. The first one, the second movie, um, didn't really tie into the show from what I remember. It did because like it, it was the same story, but I'm saying it didn't bridge the gap between two seasons like the first movie did. It was a cool series though, in that they had this overlying arc, which was the alien stuff and the FBI covering it all up, hmm. or the CIA or whoever it was. You know, they were FBI, but it was CIA. And, like, the smoking man and all that stuff, all that, like, had this common thread, but then every now and then they'd just throw a Bigfoot episode in. Or a... There was a bunch of different worm random guy shit. episodes. One of my favorite episodes <laughs> is... Guy. Do you remember the one like where they... Guy. Remember that? Dude? Yeah. He, like, he was... He... Lived in the sewer? And lived stuff? in the... Yeah. He basically was, was like the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> he was, yeah, he, was like, he had like the weird fangs, fangs like a I sucker face. Picturing like, oh, we got Bigfoot, we've got Chupacabra... Worm guy. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite, one of my favorite episodes is the one. Do you remember where they went to the, uh, like the circus? 
Yes. It was like the sideshow episode. Yes, they had the tattooed guy with his tongue. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was good. You always got to have a freak show episode in shows like that. It was a freak show episode. That's what it was. Yeah, it, it, it's one of my favorite episodes. Now, if you go back and watch this, you got to remember, like, this is mid-90s to early 2000s. I was going to ask that, too. Like, did it withstand the test of time? I still, still enjoy, enjoy it today. Because, like, like I said, it. I went back, like, eight years ago is when I started it. And I think in 2017 is when I finally finished all of them. I still thought they held up. But, again, like... I watched them all from my youth. Yeah, I was going to say, would that be a little bit of nostalgia plan for you all there it that we wouldn't be. have if we started it today? I mean, it's the same as with the uh, Supernatural. You watch that show, now it's not as good as some shows on now. It's just, it's like a... Especially two, the first few seasons. Yeah, it's like a 2000 style. You I know? think the first few seasons are better than the last few seasons, yeah. though. I love every episode of that it show. It just means like yeah. CGI-wise. Yeah, everything. it's definitely... You yeah. just look at it and you're like, it just looks like it came from it that does. era, just like X Files looks like it. Very CWE, yeah. But I don't know. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. People keep on telling me to watch it, and I can't get past season one. Really? I can't. I just can't do it. Get about to the halfway point, and I think you'll start getting into it's just it like a lot. dirty, stinky people having sex. That's all it reminds me of. Yeah, inbred, yeah. inbred sex. It all's connected it's to like this that, episode. Bringing that, it back around. What was that <laughs> movie where somebody stole that dude's car and they all had sex in the car? They were bums. The other guy, <laughs> yeah. Dirty Mike and the boys. Yeah. We will have sex in your car. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Anyway. All right. Well, thanks for going on that X Files tangent. We were going to start an improv with Trenton. It was going to be called Dirty Trenton, the boys. <laughs> hey, that's still going to get off the ground one of these days. <laughs> an improv troop. But anyway, hopefully you're still with us. Thanks for sticking around for that tangent. Um, we are officially wrapping up though now. So this has been the horror you know. Make sure you are aware of your surroundings if you're outside in the woods or national parks. Just stay away from your state or national parks because the hills. They do have eyes. So anyway, thanks I love for national parks. So love them. Thanks for listening. I'm, this has been just, the horror. You <laughs> means we can't allow you to go kayaking in any state parks. That's true. <laughs> oh shit! God, bring a buddy. Cannibal. I saw that out of the corner of my eye. You see how I dodged it like the Matrix? <laughs> yeah, he went. We're getting hostile <laughs> that in was here. The slowest move out of the way I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. They, they worked. If that was the slowest move, you were move, in real life his, slow mo. <laughs> that means his throat was even slower. <laughs> it was. I lobbed it to you, and you were like, "Still, I got hit by it." <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead and try. That's all right. Ian's got to work in the morning, but it's all right. We're uh, he's pounding those trulies. He's 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 all right. So anyway, this has it's been the horror. That. You know, take that whole box with you. Seriously. Oh, Ian's going to take that whole box of Truly's home with him, drink it all tonight. And then we'll be back in a couple weeks with something. Don't know what yet, but it'll be a good episode. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I have been Trent. I'm still Ian. I'm Darren. Wow. Just going to treat Ian like that. (laughs) Not only was I not invited, (laughs) I'm Ian. And this is the horror you know. I wanted to go out with you. He's... Leading the pack. He's oh, in and he's also it. interrupted. Wow. Man. And I shall be Eon. And I shall be a good man. I still say we should have been singing the Hills Have Eyes. What the fuck is that? What is this? Or you know, Dan.